There was the inescapable thought that as soon as that eye could see, some ten beweaponed tentacles would thrust or slash at once, unerringly. Fafford stood terror-bemused between the swiftly forming eye and the mouser. The latter, suddenly inspired, gripped Scalpel firmly, readied himself for a dash, and cried to the tall northerner, Make a stirrup! Guessing the mouser's stratagem, Fafford shook his horrors and laced his fingers together and went into a half-crouch. The mouser raced forward and planted his right foot in the stirrup Fafford had made of his hands and kicked off from it just as the latter helped his jump with a great heave and a simultaneous ow of extreme pain. The mouser, preceded by his exactly aimed sword, went straight through the reddish ectoplasmic eye disc, dispersing it entirely. Then he vanished from Fafford's view as suddenly and completely as if he had been swallowed up by a snowbank. An instant later, the armed tentacles began to thrust and slash about, at random and erratically, as blind swordsmen might. But since there were a full ten of them, some of the strokes came perilously close to Fafford, and he had the dodge and duck to keep out of the way. At the rotch of his shoes and the cobbles, the tentacle-wielded swords and knives began to aim themselves a little better, again as blind swordsmen might, and he had to dodge more nimbly, not the easiest or safest work for a man so big. A dispassionate observer, if such had been conceivable and available, might have decided the ghost squid was trying to make Fafford dance. Meanwhile, on the other side of the white monster, the mouser had caught sight of the pinkishly silver thread, and, leaping high as it lifted to evade him, slashed it with the tip of scalpel. It offered more resistance to his sword than the whole fog body had, and parted with a most unnatural and unexpected twang as he cut it through. Immediately the fog body collapsed, and far more swiftly than any punctured bladder. Rather, it fell apart like a giant white puffball kicked by a giant boot. And the tentacles fell to pieces, too, and the swords and knives came clattering down harmlessly on the cobbles, and there was a swift fleeting rush of stench that made both Fafford and the mouser clap hand to nose and mouth. After sniffing cautiously and finding the air breathable again, the mouser called brightly, Holler there, dear comrade. I think I cut the thing's thin throat, or heartstring, or vital nerve, or silver tether, or birth cord, or whatever the strand was. Where did the strand lead back to? Fafford demanded. I have no intention of trying to find that out, the mouse reassured him, gazing warily over his shoulder in the direction from which the fog had come. You try threading the Lankmar labyrinth if you want to, but the strand seems as gone as the thing. Ow! Fafford cried out suddenly and began to flap his hands. Oh, you small villain, to trick me into making a stirrup of my burnt hands! The mouser grinned as he poked about with his gaze at the nastily slimed cobbles and the dead bodies and the scattered hardware. Catsclaw must be here somewhere, he muttered, and I did hear the chink of gold. You'd feel a penny under the tongue of a man you were strangling, Fafford told him angrily. At the Temple of the Hates Five thousand worshippers began to rise up weakly and groaningly, 
each lighter of weight by some few ounces than when he had first bowed down. The drummer slumped over their drums, the lantern crankers over their extinguished red candles, and the lank archpriest wearily and grimly lowered his head and rested the wooden mask in his claw-like hands. At the alley juncture, the mouser dangled before Fafford's face the small purse he had just slipped from Skell's belt. My noble comrade, shall we make a betrothal gift of it to sweet Innisgay? he asked liltingly. And rekindle the dear little brazier, and end this night as we began it, savouring all the matchless joys of watchmanship and all the manifold wonders of... Give it here, idiot boy, Farford snarled, snatching the chinking thing for all his burnt fingers. I know a place where they've soothing salves, and needles too, to stitch up the notched ears of thieves, and where both the wine and the girls are sharp and clean.'